Hello, my name's Kimberly, and I'm perhaps what you would call a modern day Feng Shui consultant. I can help you turn your home into the most supportive, calm, and peaceful space you can imagine. I'm here to guide and show you how to work with your home to unlock its power and magic. And in that, I'm committed to sharing the secret of this magical practice in a way that everyone can use. As you know by now, Feng Shui has absolutely transformed my life for the better. And what an amazing job that I have helping women all around the world create calm and peaceful homes. Most of the time, my clients come to me because their home is filled with bickering and arguing, or the health of those living in the home may have changed over the last few years, or the wealth of the home may be an issue. If this is you, if this resonates with you, please visit my website, thefengshuiflow.com, click on the work with me tab, and you'll see the three different options that I have available. So much love, Kimberly. Hello, and welcome back to the Feng Shui Flow podcast. Today, another thing that is slightly different to the norm of Feng Shui. For season two, I wanted to introduce you to some very special and very talented people in their own world. For me, Feng Shui has changed my life in so many ways. And one of the things is that I just like to view the world in a slightly different way and know that there are perhaps different ways of coping with things. You know, I can't stop rubbish things happening to your life, to my life. You know, I wish I could, but I just think that there's so many practices out there. There's so many things that we can learn that can help us deal with these situations and to grow from these situations. And the people that I have coming on the podcast this season are people that have had a change of career like me. They've chosen something that well, definitely a less well-trodden area of life, you know, to be a Feng Shui consultant, to start my business at the age of 43 was really tricky and really tough. And, but I knew I wanted to do it. So all the people that you will come across in the season have done that. And so today, I can't wait to share this podcast with you. We've had to do it in two parts because I couldn't stop asking questions and just listening. So I bring to you today Fingal and Fingal is from the Wellness Foundry and he is just the most beautiful soul. He's a tarot card reader and I actually heard uh, Fingal on another podcast and I was so drawn to him because he was having fun with his practice. So just like I like to do with Feng Shui, he makes fun of it. He calls it crazy land. You know, he talks about it, but with love and passion, but in a way that you understand and it's not scary. You know, I I have this fear of tarot card readers that they're just going to tell me that I'm going to die. And, you know, I mean, hello, that's probably the one thing that's guaranteed in life, isn't it, that we are going to die. But I just, I was really scared of tarot card readers and I heard Fingal on another podcast and I thought, wow, I'd love to chat with him. I'd love to find out more about him because he actually used to work as a fashion designer and he headed up design houses in London and in overseas, but just had a huge change of career. And he did this because unfortunately his health was really deteriorating and he had that sort of just that gut feeling to to stop and to do things differently. And 
if you have a look on Fingal's website, it's called the Wellness Foundry. There are so many beautiful people that work with him, but his list of clients is Stella McCartney, it's Selfridges, it's Chanel, it's Christian Dior, it's Estee Lauder, it's Fendi, it's Amazon Music. He works with some amazing companies. He does readings for them and I just felt that I had to share him with you. So without further ado, I introduce to you the most beautiful soul, Fingal from the Wellness Foundry. I hope you enjoy it. So much love, Kimberly. Fingal, welcome to the Feng Shui Flow podcast. It is an absolute pleasure, dream and joy to have you on. Thank you for inviting me, honestly. I listen to a very diverse range of podcasts and Mm. I first heard you on the Newlyweds podcast with Jamie and Sophie Lang. So that is how I came across you. And I was listening whilst I was running and I was trying to make a mental note of how I can remember who you are and what you do because you were so articulate in the way you explained what you do Mm. and you made it so accessible to people who may have been a bit skeptical or for me maybe a little bit scared of your area of work and those two things tend to go hand in hand (laughs) (laughs) yes and then I found your podcast and I completely binge listened to it I found it compelling, it's heartwarming, it's jaw-dropping, and actually bloody hilarious as well. So, Fingal, if you would please do me the honour of just introducing yourself and what you do, and your journey as to how you got into what you do. Great, yeah, so, um, as you say, my name's Fingal, and... um, I, yeah, somebody asked me the other day, is that my stage name? It's, um, it's no, it's, uh, there's actually, it would be a fantastic stage name. Um, it's little wonder that I've ended up doing what I do with a name like Fingal, really. Um, but I, I primarily work as, um, a seer and a tarot reader and, uh, but also leaning more and more and more into spiritual teaching. Um, so that's that's the thing that's kind of getting me more and more excited. But I also run uh, a company called the Wellness Foundry, uh, which is kind of a one-stop spiritual shop. I call it the spiritual Netflix, um, trying to to fulfill the full gamut of uh, intuitive practices. So everything from uh, healing, psychic readings, mediumship readings, astrology, um, past life regression, uh, and everything in between. And uh, thank you so much for what you said at the beginning, because one of the big missions of my work and of the, the Wellness Foundry is really around trying to make some of these uh, practices and teachings kind of grounded and non-dogmatic. Um, because I always say that scepticism is really, really healthy. You should never believe something until you've experienced it to be true for yourself. Because otherwise it is just dogma if I say, oh, the, the universe is, acts like this, the world is flat. Um, but unless you kind of have experienced that for yourself, then, yeah, as I say, it's just somebody else enforcing their views and values onto you. So that's something that I've always been really, really conscious of 
Um, and the, the part of the reason that I set up the Wellness Foundry and started on this journey was because of, of that very reason that I was having these very intense experiences and what I later learned to be psychic experiences. And part of the thing is when I use the word psychic, I sometimes have to clarify that you know psychic isn't this cloak and daggers, um, floating crystal balls, draped in purple velvet kind of. Uh, that's... Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> I can do it if it's required. <laughs> I don't mind a bit of dress up every once in a while. My friend and I really want to start a drag act called Hope and Sesame, uh, with 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 that being the whole premise, like really crap. Um, can I have a front row seat? <laughs> Terror and psychic readings. I think it would be just absolutely ingenious. Because <laughs> um, I think that, that psychism is still slightly, it's still, there is that slight hangover or that hang up from, from that end of the pier kind of view. You know, the amount of times people have sat in front of me and said, oh, have you had a reading before? And, oh, well, I was at this pier or I was in this seaside town <laughs> or, you know, and not knocking them, sometimes they're really great, but often, you know, they can... Uh, you know, usually the time constraints and yeah. Um, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's it's not always the uh, yeah, um, but um, it's still got got that kind of hang up. So when I use the word psychic, what I really mean is any perception of the world around us that is beyond just our normal five senses. Um, so we've all, because of that, are psychic in some way. Because the example that I always give is if you go into a room and two people have been arguing, but they're not actually saying anything to each other but you can just pick up on that vibration you can pick up on the energy in the room that's your psychic senses playing out um it's about how you intuit or interact with the world that's yeah just beyond touch smell uh, hearing all of that kind of stuff so i was having these really really intense psychic experiences and at the time i was studying uh buddhist practicing buddhist um and I was having these experiences and thinking, okay, this is just the natural offshoot of meditation. But the more people I spoke to, the more I realised, oh, no, 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 this is just me. Whoops. Um, so that was kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm slightly too nuts for the Buddhists. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then kind of found my way into Reiki. Uh, did my Reiki one, which is kind of energy healing. And uh, doing your Reiki one is a really, really great way to start understanding the exchange of energy and our own personal energy. Uh, and then the day after that, I started channeling messages from spirit. I was sitting in a cafe and just writing all these messages from spirit. So I went to the Reiki master and said, Oh, this is, is this a natural offshoot of breakage? It's like, no, that's never <laughs> happened before. <laughs> so everywhere I was going, I was, I was having these really ex intense experiences and not really understanding what was going on. And I can talk about them lightly now, but at the time I really did think, oh, is this just me mm. going mad? Mm. So this is part and parcel of why I get a little defensive when people are... Uh, when they sniff at, oh, this is just kind of make-believe and in, you're in la-la land and this is, you know, you can, I can tell when I meet people at the um, at parties and stuff. Um, 
I went because I come from a fashion background. So when people said, "Oh, what do you do?" I say, "Oh, I'm a fashion designer." But now when I say, "Oh, I'm a, I work as a seer and a tarot reader and a spiritual teacher," you can sometimes see them kind of. What's great is nine times out of ten, people say, "Oh, I've got a weird, weird story," and they proceed to tell me this weird <laughs> event that's happened to them, which is great. It's really, it's fascinating. Um, but yeah, it's it's those times where people are a little bit sniffy or dismissive mm-hmm. of this because I'm thinking, no, that is a lived experience. That is that is that has been above and beyond just imagining really and actually through these practices it's helped me feel more integrated rather than less integrated it's helped me kind of understand and have a language for for how I was interacting with the world because as soon as I went to study um, at the College of Psychic Studies in South Kensington it's been there over a hundred years fabulous building it really is a a Hogwarts Mm -hmm. of real life Mm -hmm. um like the pictures move and they change and one day she's got uh, the, there's a picture with this woman with glasses and sometimes she's got her glasses on sometimes she's got her glasses off it's like nuts 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 that's amazing um and as soon as I started studying there I found a language and a way to describe the experiences that I had never had before and then suddenly felt, ah, here's my tribe, here's the language, here's people that don't look at me in a way that is quizzical or in slight bemusement. They go, oh, yeah, sure, yeah, we can sort that out. So in a really kind of relaxed, grounded way. So, And again, this there's this often this misconception that with this work... It's just something that you can kind of, you wake up one morning, oh, I'm this. But actually, anybody that's worth their salt has been training for years and years and years. So I trained for six years, I think, about that, maybe just slightly under. Um, But yeah, I did at least 10 terms of, of study. So again, that's often a bit of a misconception. There are many, many misconceptions about it, and I do get it. And it is partly because the smoke and mirrors aspect of it it is by nature esoteric and esoteric being that hidden nature so it kind of i can understand but also it's a thing that because this isn't and it is moving this way because it isn't necessarily a recognized modality yet it can't be um what's the word that i'm looking for governed i suppose it can't it can't be uh, there's it's n- the same with feng shui yes it's just it's about energy i you know i talk for a living about stuff that you can't see yeah, of course <laughs> and you can just feel and so i often probably have very similar conversations with you in a way in terms of feeling something and not being able to explain it um and there's lots of feng shui courses out there that you know it's not a governed practice you can do your certificate. I trained for a year to do mine and I still feel like I'm learning along the way as well. So Mm. I totally understand what, you know, where you're coming from. So just going back. So I, I'm deeply intrigued about tarot reading, being psychic, all of those things, but I'm equally petrified at the same time of going to see somebody Mm -hmm. and them saying, Oh, you know, do you know, on your right shoulder, you have this person hanging around you all the time. Because I used to be petrified of death when I was younger. Like, I think a lot of people are, but 
severely, you know, if I saw um, a, a hearse or something, like it would just mm. give me the shivers. And then obviously as age gets on, you know, you get sort of used to these things. And my mum passed away about sort of 13 years ago. And that was my like first thing of, okay, I I want to believe, I, I believe that there's something, you know, after what's going on, you know, after this Mm. there must be something else and my daughter Mm. was actually the first one that sort of really opened my eyes because she said to me when she was about two and a half that she chose me and my husband to be her parents wow so she said that she was in the clouds she could choose her parents she went down this giant slide and she landed in my tummy and you know she and she said it in this most beautiful innocent way that's incredible and I just it made me just think wow like the beauty of innocence and not having the noise of our conditioned belief that she's like well of course that's how and even now she's like why don't people remember that well Mm. you know not every everyone remembers that so just going back to that point of being scared what message do you give to people when you read for somebody or when they have, because you do spiritual coaching and all things like that, mm. don't you? Mm. What's your message to them? Like, is it scary? That's how I start most of my reading. <laughs> I would I am... literally jump off the back of my chair if you did that too. <laughs> So in the studio, we've got a mechanical lift and I appear from the floor in a cloud of smoke with, with a wind machine. <laughs> in my cape. <laughs> I have arrived. Um, <laughs> quaking in the mood. No, in all seriousness, I start every reading by saying it's incredibly brave. It's brave from your perspective because we don't know what's going to come up. And it's brave from my perspective because we don't know what's going to come up. So it is a kind of, it is a plunge into the deep end. And I completely understand that from both sides. And especially if it's your first reading. Um, I would always say, and this isn't just a plug for me, um, but I would always say, do your research and kind of choose someone that's either been recommended or is kind of highly regarded or has got great reviews, you know, really, really do your research. As much as it's kind of okay to go and sit in front of somebody at that that kind of fun fair, that's absolutely fine, and I've done it myself. And you just, but just check in with yourself: of does this feel right? Is this is, is this something that I'm really drawn to do, as opposed to something that I'm either my friends are kind of saying, "Oh, go on, go on," or um, you know, just yeah, just check in with your intuition about that. But always, always choose somebody that is kind of reputable. The reason that I say this is because I have unfortunately had instances of clients coming to me and saying, "Oh, I went." For for a reading um, about a year ago and the person told me that I was going to break up with my boyfriend and just these really, really horrendous habits that we, that, that we at the Wellness Foundry and I personally just do not condone. Um, it's, it's really, it's, it's horrendous because it's how does that not become self-fulfilling prophecy, really? If you say, and if you plant that rotten seed in somebody's mind, it can just fester and it can kind of latch on. I am never 
I never underestimate how, again, it sounds a bit grandiose and egoistic, but it's not, but how much a sitting can steer somebody's choices or yeah. the direction or the, the next steps they're going to take. And that is a responsibility. So a lot of the training is actually, yes, okay, it's about improving the accuracy of the messages delivered, but it is also about how to deliver those messages with compassion, with sensitivity, how to deal with difficult messages, all of that stuff. Um, so it's, yeah, it's as much as the one-to-one -one interaction as it is the interaction with spirit. Uh, but I always say it's it's kind of, you know, if somebody comes to me and says, oh, I'm feeling quite nervous, I usually say, well, that's a really good sign because it shows that you're taking this seriously. You know, the worst thing for a reader is somebody that's kind of treating it a little bit as a bit of entertainment or a bit of fun or being slightly kind of dismissive about it. That's never fun to read into, really. Um, so I always say that actually being in a bit unnerved, um, there's so much I could say on, on what you said, cause I can resonate with so much. Cause usually I've had time and time again, people that are inherently quite psychic or can kind of work with spirit or see spirit. And, um, that kind of sense of bump in the night stuff or they feel a kind yes. of presence the or they, yes the <laughs> yeah. boo is enough to make them shut it down and go no I don't want this because yes. they feel yeah. as though it's in control of them and they're not in control of it and again this is why it's so important that we're having these conversations because the amount of emails I get particularly on the back of our podcast spirit level the amount of emails that have come through that from people saying thank goodness I feel so reassured I'm not just making this up I'm not just going mad you know so much of what they've been sending through is saying oh what has been chalked up as a kind of neurodivergence or mental illness I'm now realizing is actually just a spiritual and psychic awakening now of course I'm not as brazen to say all all mental illness falls under that umbrella not at all but it is interesting that you know again the first two years of my journey I thought am I going mad so you know it is quite natural to feel quite scared of these things because again it's like it feels in control of you. You don't feel in control of it. But actually, when you're working and you're very boundaries, and again, that's a lot of the training is bringing in those boundaries so that you're not just... People aren't going boo to you from spirit side. The other thing is a reader, even if they come to difficult messages, what they should always enforce and emphasize is, okay, there's a difficult time coming up in your job, let's say, but this is the way to navigate it, or this is, this is the lesson there, or don't worry, there's something brighter along the court, or whatever, it should be, okay, this is the frustration. Because there are times, you know, the great thing about the tarot is it does have cards like the devil, the tower, the hanged man, the ten of swords, which are quote-unquote bad cards but one of my favorite cards is the devil card because it is an indicator of right where are things not working where do we need to make adjustments in our lives so it's not a kind of whitewashing thing so if I have somebody sitting in front of me that's in quite a difficult place and I'm saying oh it's all lovely and rainbows and it all looks fine they would come away feeling quite unseen mm. because we think well actually that's not the place that I'm in at the moment but again, it's not like, 
dun. Oh, you're just dead as well. <laughs> do you get no a soundtrack hope. when you leave as well, whether it's a happy one? Dun, dun, I dun, do. Dun. It's funny you ask that, actually. I do, my, my, my guides do play jokes with me. They do play little songs in my ear that are always so kind of germane to the situation like I'll get one moment in time <laughs> okay like Whitney Houston what a tune that is so great <laughs> and there's just like but it's always so so relevant to the situation it's hilarious <laughs> <laughs>